0: Love, talk radio. Hey folks, good morning, Troy Dooley, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com, glad to be back this week. We took last week off, flew up to North Carolina to visit uh, the folks at Zeekler, Zeek Rewards is how you know it, Rex uh, Venture Group LLC is who we went and saw, and it's amazing uh, to to just drive through this beautiful country and meet different people at different places. Uh, Being at that event, I met people from around the globe uh, that were just phenomenal folks and had the opportunity to set in with some of the most down-to-earth people that I have been around in a long time. Uh, Dr. Keith Lagos and I go back way, way Uh, almost a decade, and I miss being around him. He's such full of wisdom. He was there. My good friend and MLM attorney, Kevin Grimes, was there. Uh, Got to just invest some quality time with them. O.H. Brown, Jim Moore's partner over at the Tool Network, was there developing some training. And Peter Mingles, the VP of the Association of Network Marketing uh, Hangout, Peter and I go back over a decade. And when you hang around with those folks, and then – you're able to meet new friends and and really feel like family and you got to understand that i come from a southern rooted family so when you can hang out with other southern folks and hear their vision break bread and have some lunch and dinner and realize that everybody's in the same end game everybody's wanting to win and do it the best they can and and without a doubt, make mistakes along the way. You realize that this is just a wonderful world that we live in. There's no guarantee when you go into business. See, that's the difference between entrepreneurs and people that write about entrepreneurs, whether it's positive or negative. You know, and I think when I when I got right down to it, as I was flying back on the plane, and I was reading Chris's book, I thought, you know, this is what it's about. See, some people go out and live the life they've always dreamed of. While others step back, hiding in obscurity, and just criticize—they're just dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies. It isn't—it isn't—it really doesn't surprise me when people don't make it. Which brings it to today's chapter: keeping your balance. See, so many times I think people go around thinking that they can control life. Chris calls it the myth that we manage. See what there's 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 all kinds of time management software and financial software and, and the myth is that, that using all this software and all these day timers, and man, I've been a Frankly Covey fan for years, that you're managing your time and you're managing your finances and that's not the reality. Chris writes this. He says, perhaps it's merely semantics, but an underlying problem that I I find that people have as it relates to the success in their life lies in a proper understanding of what exactly it is that we manage. He goes on. He says, think about it. We have time management. In fact, we have seminars on the topic, some of which are excerpted below. We have financial management, relational management, weight management, career management. Shoot, the management deal goes on and on and on. However, the fact is we don't manage any of those things. Now, here's the key. You might want to write it down. What we do manage is ourselves as we relate to those things. See, that's the key. If you're not managing yourself, how are you going to lead others? See, that's something that I that I had to look at when I was up there, and you guys know I use all kinds of of companies as scenarios and and, and Zeke rewards being that it's the you know, the the really the, the newest kid on the block type deal. They've they've hitten a lot of criticism, they've got a lot of praise, but a lot of criticism. And as I looked at that, I thought, wow, you know, all they can do at the end of the day is manage themselves and make sure that as a as a corporate Unity with their people, that all of their people are on the same page, doing the same thing, doing it right. And if they do that, then they've done all they can do. Same thing that the affiliates in the field, if they will just do what they're supposed to do and do it correctly, then they will survive in their own little bit of independent business. Sadly, too many times we want to manage each other or we're not managing the correct stuff. We don't have our priorities straight, and that's when we have problems. See, we manage ourselves and the decisions we make in regards to everything we do. So I want you to ask yourself this question. How can we manage ourselves? What can we do? How can we take our individual situations and take control. See, the only person that can manage me is me. The only person that can manage you is you. And and it's funny because even in the in the Bible, it's very clear that God gives us the freedom of choice. In other words, he gives us the freedom to manage our actions. And if you're sitting there being inactive, if you're sitting there saying, "Well, I'm I'm just not going to make a decision," then you have made the decision. Plain and simple. So you've got to ask yourself, are you making the right decisions? Dwight D. Eisenhower put it this way. The history of free man is not written by chance, but by choice. Their choice. See, there's not really much difference as I look back throughout history. There's not much difference between what happened a hundred years ago and what happens today. The only difference is, over the last hundred years, by choice, a lot of new inventions have come along, making some things easier, giving us more knowledge that we're able to act on and gain wisdom from. Although more things have changed in the last hundred years than maybe the previous hundred years, It's all the same. See, throughout history, we see change constantly taking place faster and faster because as more and more people get in tune to what's going on, they take control. They manage their outcome. We used to fear one or two men. We would fear people in the clergy. We would fear people that were were called wise men or scientists. We would fear the king's. Now, all we need to do is manage ourselves. We don't need to fear anything. we got to move forward. Chris says this. In order to manage yourself, you've got to know your priorities. Do you know from top to bottom what your priorities are? Have you decided on the top ten things that you want to invest? He says spend, but I want to say invest your time in. How about the same with your money? Only after you know these things can you properly manage yourself into choosing to live your priorities. See, sadly, most people don't even have any freaking priorities. You know what their priority is? Friday at 5 o'clock when the bell rings. I used to love the Flintstones because it would start with a work bell, and it would end with the work bell. Do you realize how much propaganda is in cartoons? you realize that just that one little bitty Flintstone cartoon taught kids of my generation that you need to go to work and work a hard hard blue-collar job from 9 to 5. You need to stay out of the boss's hair before you get in trouble. You need to join the, some uh, fraternity, the Masons or the Eagles or somebody, because that's where all the guys hang out. You need to make sure your wife's happy so she's not griping and moaning at you. And you need to love your kids and, and, and be good with your neighbors. Now, overall, none of those things are really bad. But, you know, every time old Fred Flintstone had an idea, wanted to be his own boss, him and Barney wanted to try something new, it always failed. See the subliminal message there? See, just because it looks innocent doesn't mean that we're not being propagated with crap and indoctrinated with stuff that may not be good for us. But you know why that happens? Because when we're at a young age, we're not managing what goes into our mind that much. We're not managing our time that much. And our parents are too daggum busy. I was a latchkey kid for several years. Mom and Dad both had work. So think about it for a while. See, one of the things that I think will keep us all from hitting our priorities, and as much as I love my mama, this was this was one of her weaknesses probably still is to a certain degree. We got to learn to say no. See, too many times because if you've got this this God-given trait of you want to be a servant, you want to serve others and you want to you want to please people. You have a tendency not to say no. I had to learn myself because I was raised by a mom that always said yes. But there's times when you just got to say no. See, so you've got to say no to the good things in order to say yes to the great things. If you want to live a great life, a life that's focused on your priorities, then you got to learn to say no. Otherwise, you won't have time to say yes. People ask me periodically, Troy, how do you choose your clients? Do they choose you or do you choose them? I said, no, I have people constantly contact me wanting to launch a new business, wanting to help on a comp plan. You know, wanting wanting something. I look at what they're doing and I say no. Most of my business today comes through other consultants and, and attorneys. But even then, I don't accept all the clients. I look and say, you know what? I just can't. I can't go down that road. Just not quite what I want to get into. Doesn't fit my priorities. There's some clients that I take. And then when I take them, I realize, you know what, that was that was not accurate. They're not doing what they're supposed to do, and there's not, nothing I can do to help them. I had to talk to some attorney friends about that, and they said, sadly, that's what happens, Troy. You know, you can only help those that want to help themselves. So you got to learn to say no. you got to learn to schedule the priorities. Here's something that I share with my kids, although some of some them don't take it to heart. Tessa does. But you got to know what your monthly Budget's going to be. You're going to get your money in, and you're only going to spend that money on what's on the budget. Once the budget has been completed, you've paid the bills. What you have left, you can decide do I want to go buy something for myself? Do I want to put it in an investment? Do I want to save it in an emergency fund for a rainy day? But you've got to take care of the priorities. If you take care of your spiritual priorities, your physical priorities, your mental priorities, your financial priorities, your relationship priorities, guess what? Your personal development priority will fall into place. All of a sudden, you'll realize you've brought balance to an otherwise chaotic life. Now, you all know how I feel about balance. There's, there's a myth that goes on out there that tells you, you know, your life needs to always be in balance with your... God and your family and your ministry and your work and all that's a bunch of cockamamie crap that somebody made up once because their life was out of balance. And they realized, you know what, if, if people, if I can get them to believe this, then they will be as, as stressed out as I am, but I'll make a lot of money selling them balance crap. And that's exactly what it is. There is no time. if you If, if you're in the Bible reading stuff, I challenge you. To start at, start at Genesis and go through Revelation, and you show me one individual, including Jesus, that had a balanced life. Especially when we talk about the heroes of the faith, I've not read one story in the Bible where men and women of God had a balanced life. You think Job's life was balanced? You tell me that Adam and Eve had a balanced life. You're telling me Jesus' life was balanced when he's running around all the time just trying to make sure that he gets the word out to enough people before he dies? He was constantly having to put out fires all around him because of the stupidity of others. No balance. He would say, gosh, i got to get out of here. This is freaking stressing me out. Let's get in the boat so I can go pray. Let's row to the other side. Nobody has balance in their life, but what you want to do is you want to be able to balance the chaos and if you're a Christian, all the heroes of the faith knew how to balance the chaos in their life, not get rid of it. They didn't go around saying your life is going to be full of peaches and cream and you're going to live in the in the great Garden of Eden. You want to know what they said? It's going to be full of trials and tribulations to the day the trumpet sounds. Now, I'm not going to go down that road and preach to you today. I just want you to realize, no matter who you are out there, don't fall into that myth of balance. Listen to what... Chris wrote here, you want to bring balance to a chaotic life. See, once you've got the chaos in control, then you all of a sudden are priority focused. You're saying no when you need to say no. You're saying yes when you need to say yes. And you want to know what that's going to do for you? Number one, it's going to give you a life of accomplishment. I was on the phone with the CEO right before this call, and we were talking about A a good friend, mentor of mine, Tommy Barnett, I actually grew up with his kids, and and Matt. And we were talking about their life. Their life's been chaotic from from the word go. But when Tommy Barnett leaves this world, between Matt and Luke and and everybody around him, he's going to live or he's going to be able to look at his life and say, you know what, we accomplished what God put us on this earth to accomplish. There's other people like that. I guarantee you, the, the the BK Braco, actually the whole Braco family, will be able to say we fulfilled what we were put on this earth for. We've accomplished something. Art Williams, one of my great mentors, will be able to say we accomplished what we were put on this life for. See, when you get your life chaos in balance, you live a life of accomplishment. Second thing that happens is you leave a legacy. I want you to set back and think about I don't care who you are right now. I want you to set back and think about something when we get off this, this radio show. What's going to happen five years after you're dead? When the family gets together and maybe it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, it's one of those nostalgic times, maybe it's on the anniversary of your death. What are they going to say about you? Are you going to be leaving a legacy Are they going to say, this is what Grandpa taught us? I don't know what my kids are going to say, but I can tell you what they say now. My 16-year-old wrote this today on her Facebook wall. We live in a land of freedom, but we still let the world tell us who we should be. Stop listening to the world and listen to your heart. You can be courageous, wild, free, crazy, lovely, beautiful, and bold. Follow your dreams and do what makes you happy. Whatever you do, just be you. Now see, I can guarantee you that based on my daughter's life, growing up with the mom and dad that she has grown up with, listening to us drive into our kids day in and day out, that at the end of the day, they're the ones that control the outcome. They've all, but especially Cassie, has realized, I don't have to listen to everybody else. I can leave a legacy based on who I am. And see, that's what you have to do, so think about that. See, there's no doubt in my mind, five years after I'm dead, that the kids, the grandkids, and at the rate I'm going, the great-grandkids, and probably the great-great-grandkids, as young as my kids have babies, They'll all sit around, and one of them is going to snicker when they say my name. And probably in unison, they'll all say, but he lived an epic adventure. And that's exactly what it is. See, to live a life of priorities, to learn how to keep your balance in things, you got to live life like it's an adventure. You can't let the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies hold you back, keep you from moving forward. I don't care if you're the greatest boss in the world or you're the, the worst distributor in the world or you failed 14 million times trying to launch your own business. You can't listen to all that crap. you got to follow your dream and follow your heart. See, too many times I hear people all the time talk about, well, if I was meant to be something, I'd do it. I've been dreaming about it. But dreams aren't going to get you anywhere. You want to live your life right. You want to hit these priorities. Here's what you need to be able to do, and this is the only way that you can do it, is is that you've got to kick it up a notch and make it happen by, number one, sit down and write out your priorities. I told you, my pappy a long time ago said, son, get three by five cards carrying with you. Don't put more than five priorities on their day. So I focus on five priorities a day that need to get done. That's it. No more, no less. If I get them all done, great. If I don't, they go to the top of the list the next day. Now, I've got my one-year priorities and my five-year priorities and all that. But I know that my daily action plan better be tight and sharp and to the point. Second thing you've got to do. Now, I've said this once already. I told you my mama didn't teach this to me. But you've got to say no. No is the most powerful word in the dictionary. Matter of fact, if you're in sales, you need to go buy the book. Go for no. No should not be a word that you fear. Word should, No should be a word that you embrace. Jesus said no. Master, your friend Lazarus is dying. Come quick and heal him. No, i got work to do. Jesus' mother. Jesus, take care of all this. No, woman, my time's not yet. No. David's men, kill the king. He's in there taking a dump. David said, no, time's not right. The law says I can't. No. No. Those two words, we teach our girls to say no, we tell our boys to say no, our wives say no, we say no, but are you saying no to the right thing? That could be a whole new training class. See, this is important. Number three, you've got to schedule your time. Schedule out what you're supposed to do. You know, here, here's a list. If you'll just do the following, that's going to put you ahead of the game. Number one, you've got to find the right reasons. What's your priorities? What's, the, what's your why? Why are you wanting to do what you want to do? Once you get there, set the priorities for your daily plan. Learn to say no. Understand that good is the enemy to great. Schedule your time. Manage your external pressures. Why in the Sam Hill would you let others dictate your life to you, dominate you? I don't care what the situation is, unless you've just, you just basically you like it. It turns you on. It's it's what makes you tick. I mean, I guess there are some people like that. God knows I don't understand it. But outside of that, you, you manage the external pressure and say, get the Sam Hill out of my life. If you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. Now, that doesn't mean you can kick them out of your life sometimes. I mean, if you got to a spouse that's a nutcase, you learn to love them, but you don't let their choices dictate you. You don't let, and and, and I know some of you are probably right now, well, Troy, you don't understand because my my spouse has health issues. That's great. If you're wallowing in it, that's your fault. There's help around everywhere, whether it comes from nonprofit organizations or for-profit organizations that can help. So get some help there. And beware of the internal secret pleasures. See, sometimes we take pleasure in the chaos in our life. It becomes our safety net to be able to say, this is why I'm not accomplishing anything. And then we become addicted to it. And being addicted to chaos is not a good thing at all. Period. Plain and simple. It's up to you at the end of the day. Now, you may say, Troy, but what about the beliefs and visions and big dreams and and ideas and ideals and values and desires? Haven't I heard you guys say that that's really what it is? That's the start. All those things are a positive. All those things are needed. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that you have to have. And if you don't have this, you will fail. And that's action. You have to take action. Thomas Carlyle wrote, the purpose of man is in action, not thought. I'll tell you about a man. He passed away at 80 years old over the weekend. He's somebody that when I was really, really young, I idolized because he was a hatchet man. He was the man that when, when his boss needed something done, he took care of it. There are some that say he ordered the hit on Jimmy Hoffa, but he protected his boss until his boss died and passed away. Something happened to this man. In protecting his boss, he was convicted and had to serve a year in prison. Later, it was proven that everything that he had said was accurate and he had done nothing wrong. But he had already served his time. He was willing after almost 30 years to testify against another individual who had been part of his top echelon, actually fulfilled what he told him to do and proved that that man had done nothing wrong. But something happened in that year in prison At first, people called it jailhouse religion. And he said, no, I just decided to change my priorities, take control of my actions, and decided that I would live the rest of my life righting a wrong. His name was Chuck Colson. He worked for President Nixon in the 1960s and 70s. He was one of the most dangerous and influential men ever to go to Washington. For almost a decade after his conversion and when he got out of prison, people didn't believe that he had really changed. But after he launched Prison Fellowship and it went on to become one of the most successful non-profits and profits, they now own prisons. And they work with the governments and they work with states and they rehabilitate. People realize that a tiger can change its spots. See, while he was sitting in prison, Chuck had the beliefs, the vision, the big ideas, the dreams, the values, the desires, all that. But he couldn't do anything but start writing out his plan. And he wrote out that plan. And when he got out of prison, he took his personal fortune and the influence that he had had and he changed the lives of millions of men and women both inside and outside the prison system. See, the purpose of man is in action, not in thought. We lost a great man over the weekend. But I look at what he was and what he became and I strive to be that kind of individual myself see it's men and women like Chuck Colson was able to bring a secular world and the religious world together for one cause no matter what the differences in their ideology each side agreed we need a better prison system. We need to be able to rehabilitate people. We need to be able to change the laws so that we can build stuff. My son went through one of I think one of their prisons and and ended up in the faith wing where he was given ample opportunity to dig deeper into his faith. This is what you've got to look at. In closing, ask yourself some of these. What long-term accomplishments do you want to see come to pass? What short-term actions will you need to do over time to see them come to pass? And what will you do today to begin seeing your dreams come true? Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you tomorrow right here on RealMentorsRadio.com.